Blog Talk Radio. From Los Angeles, California, it's Music Friday Live, the end of the week program that gets you ready for a musical weekend. I'm your host, Patrick O'Heffernan. I'm broadcasting every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern on the Blog Talk Radio Network, the Cyber Station USA Network, and our radio affiliates. Today at 2.05 p.m., we're going to be talking with Jaziri X about rap and hip-hop and current events and playing tunes from his new album, Ascension. And at 2.30, Jeff Neeson of Lose Control, the new metal band, joins us at, with tales from 40 Days on the Road and some great cuts from their new album, too. So remember, this is your show. These bands are here to talk with you. We'd love to have you call in, 347-215-7511. That's 347-215-7511. Or you can email us at musicfridaylive at gmail.com. Or you can log on to the chat room. I'm told the chat room will be up in just a minute. So uh, if you're on Block Talk Radio, you can log on to us there. Oh, you know what? We, we have a caller on the line. Hi, caller. Who's this? Patrick, it's Rory Parton. How you doing, my man? Rory, hey there. Good to hear from you. I'm doing great, and I have a feeling you're doing great, too, because you have a new album out, don't you? That's right, bro. Just uh, released one week ago. I know. I was there at the release party. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> well, why, know, why, don't you t- why don't you tell everybody about the album? Well, it's my it's uh, my second album, and uh, this one, uh, as you heard, I kind of got in touch with my South Louisiana roots a little more. It's got, um, you know, standards that you would expect that you've heard Sinatra and uh, Perry Como and Nat King Cole and all those guys do. But it's also got things like George on my mind from one of my biggest influences, Ray Charles. It's got Jambalaya on it that I grew up singing as a little child. It's got, uh, it's even got a country tune that uh, Hunter Hayes wrote and recorded. Everybody's got somebody but me. So it, but they're all in the big band jazz vein. And it, it, uh, it really gets in touch with my roots, man. It's, it's a really fun album. Well, I've been listening to it all week, and I'll I tell you, the way you do Georgia on my mind, it's almost, <laughs> not quite, but almost as good as the original. <laughs> and you that's pretty good told, for a New Orleans boy. Uh, thank you, man. You got that right. It's always dangerous to cover a song like that by someone like Ray Charles, who's made it such an iconic piece. But you know what? I love that song, man. I just I just try to make it mine. And uh, one thing he taught me is to sing everything from somewhere deep inside, you know, that uh, from your soul, man, and not just making noise. Well, you did. You made it yours. And of course, Jambalaya is yours, and that definitely you made it yours. And one <laughs> and, a, and a a song in this album that kind of surprised me was "Fly Me to the Moon." Boy, you really did that really well. I, I, you know, that's not something I would have expected from from you. Well, thanks, man. We were in the studio that day, and I had a full big band arrangement for it. And and at the last minute, I said, you know what? Let's just try a small group thing, and just uh, let's get a flute in here, and let's just have some fun with it, and see what we come up with. And uh, I really dug what we did, man. It's uh, something that, like you said, it's a little bit of a departure from my first album, especially. But uh, I really like the way it turned out. Man. I mean, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a love singing a good ballad. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> it's always nice to, to love something you do pretty well. Uh, wh- where can people get the uh, get the CD? Man, it is all over from iTunes to Amazon to Spotify. You know, if, if they've got a favorite place to buy music online, it's going to be there. Okay, and uh, they have to, to look it up under your name since it's a self-titled album. That's right, Rory Parton, R-O-R-Y, and then P-A-R-T-I-N, like Dolly Parton, but T-I-N. You know, they can also find it on allmusic.com if they want to give it a listen. I believe they can hear the whole thing on there, allmusic.com slash album slash Rory Parton, or just search me on there, and they they, uh, did an exclusive, uh, so they can check it out on there, too. Well, also, let me t- uh, just remind our, our listeners that, that you do live gigs, and you do live gigs in two different um, configurations, one of which is with your 18-piece band, and another one of which is with the Romies. Uh, That's right, you have any, man. You got anything coming up for either of those two configurations? 
Actually, yeah, the Romies. We've uh, we're currently working on a, on an uh, an EP release for the Romies. We're hoping to put something out the first thing out in October. You know, that's an acoustic thing that my wife and I do. Uh, Alexa James is her name, and uh, you you come out and seen us do that too. It's it's a lot yep. of fun. Acoustic guitar, banjo, mandolin, uh, just all this kind of. It's sort of I guess you could say our pop version of an Americana roots sort of music. You know, really a lot of fun. Uh, are there any gigs uh, lined up? Let's see. We just played one the other day. We've got, uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, thank you for asking. We're playing at Vitello's. Um, let's see. We're going to be on the road in October, but October the uh, 29th, we're playing at Vitello's in Studio City. Yep, at 9.45 p.m. Okay, all right. Well, people should be there because it's a, a lot of fun. Now, uh, why don't you give us your website? Yeah, it's Rory. Parton.com, R-O-R-Y-P-A-R-T-I-N.com, and they can hear and listen and buy whatever they want to do there. It's, it's a lot of fun. Some great videos, too. Okay. Well, I'm really glad you called in. It's always so much fun when, when you're on, uh, uh, on, the, on the show with me. We're going to have to have both <laughs> you and your wife on it at, at some point. So, uh, Absolutely. Thanks, thanks for taking the time uh, to... Uh, to, to call in and let us know. And let me just tell everybody, I've got this album. I've been listening to it all week, and it'll make you happy. <laughs> Thanks, man. Hey, always great to talk to you, Patrick. You're the best, bro. It's always great to talk to you. we got to take a quick break right now, and uh, when we come back, we've got a special guest on Jazeera X. Don't go away. You're listening to Music Friday Live. And that, of course, is one of my favorite groups, Blame Sally. Uh, they're uh, and they're still they're still out there. They're they're on uh, they're on tour now. I'm Patrick O'Heffernan, your host of Music Friday Live. I want to welcome all of our radio listeners out in Radio Land, and especially our listeners in Ashland, Oregon, who are listening to us on KSKQ FM. They got a brand new tower, so they can hear us all over the place. And incidentally, if you haven't been to the Ashland Shakespeare Festival, it's the best in the country, and I think you may still have a few days of it left. So check it out there. You can join us by email at musicfridaylive at gmail.com. That's musicfridaylive at gmail.com. You can also call in. You can call in and talk to our guests, 347-215-7511. And my producer tells me we are now launching the chat room. So the chat room should be up in just a moment. There it is. Anybody who's listening to us on the Block Talk Network, or rather, yes, on the Block Talk Network can... Uh, Weigh in on the chat room. And after the show, don't forget to check out our website, musicfriday.nationbuilder.com. Well, I first heard Jazeera X's music at an annual conference that uh, I attend, and I've always been impressed with what a serious, talented, and determined young man he is. He's the kind of man who makes change, good change, with his music and with his life. He's an artist, a producer, a community activist. He's the creative force behind the Internet News series the week, this week with Jazeera X. He does viral videos like What If the Tea Party Was Black? Boy, they're an interesting concept for you. And he does hard-hitting social commentary in his music. He's worked with Harry Belafonte, Louis Farrakhan, and projects that strengthen rap's positive influence in society. And he's toured colleges and universities across the country, teaching how to succeed in hip-hop without selling your soul. He's performed in concerts from New York City to Berlin, Germany, including here in my hometown, Los Angeles. He also blogs for Jack and Jill Politics and, and the Black Youth Project. He's released a new album, Ascension a 15-song tour de force of top-class rap and incisive social commentary. He's a very busy, busy man, but he took time out to talk with us today. Jazeri X, welcome to Music Friday Live. Hey, uh, I'm honored to be on the show. Uh, thanks for having me. Well, Jazeri, I, I, is it, is it, can I talk, can I call you Jazeri or is it Jazeri X? 
No, it's Jasiri. Jasiri is, okay. uh, and that's my given. That's my given name, by the way. Like I didn't change that. Uh, my given name is Jasiri Arande. So you can blame my mom for for that. One. <laughs> or compliment her, as the case may be. It's got a nice. Exactly, uh, definitely it's got a, a nice flow to it. Uh, I have so much I want to talk to you about, but but I think um, we should first play um, a little cut from. Uh, from one of your songs, just so people in the audience who've never heard your music understand what we are talking about. So I want to play one of your songs that I found particularly powerful, and all of your songs are powerful, but this one keeps coming me back, and this is uh, 212 Degrees. Now, in that, you uh, you graphically and, and poetically describe the, the violent destruction of the black community and its place in American democ- democracy by some of America's law enforcement, and maybe much of America's law enforcement, and the, right. justifi- and the justifiable anger it, it creates that cries out for retaliation and defense. Now, I want to talk right. to you about That's the cool. issue you raise in that song, and, and others in the, in the song we're going to hear later called Crooked Cops. But as I listened to 212 Degrees, I kept asking, how does this change anything? How does rap change anything? The protest songs of the 60s emerged from American folk and blues and gospel, and they were designed to be sung. But, but rap is, is not, it doesn't to me, and maybe just because I'm an old white guy, doesn't seem like it's designed to be sung. It, it's dense, it's intellectual, you have to listen to it, you have to think about it, and it's not easy to sing while you're marching or protesting. So how does rap change anything? Well, I mean, what it does is it gives a voice to, you know, the, these marginalized communities. That's what it's always been, you know what I'm saying? When, you know, if you look at the history of hip-hop music, I mean, it came out of, you know, the South Bronx um, at a time when the community was being devastated uh, by the Cross Bronx Expressway, and um, really, you know, young people were being marginalized. Um, it was, you know, it was it was gang violence in the community. It was it was no uh, real opportunities for the people. You know, the Bronx had been this community had just been kind of, you know, really like forgotten about. You know, and 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 the description of it was, you know, uh, Fort Apache, the Bronx, like you know, the inhabitants, you know, were these, you know, animals. You know what I'm saying, you know, really. Similarly to how most, you know, black and brown communities are described today, you know, what you call the quote-unquote the hood. So the hip-hop, what it did was not only did it, you know, unite the gangs in New York City um, and, of course, led by Africa Bambada and the Universal Zulu Nation, but it really gave us a voice. It gave young uh, black uh, America a voice to talk about who we are, what our issues were, you know what I'm saying, uh, why we feel the way we feel. And, you know, then, you know, other communities begin to relate. So, you know, what, the cool thing about it was like I'm in Pittsburgh, but I'm hearing what somebody's saying in New York City and saying like I can relate to that. Or I hear, you know, this, so this is how I found out what was happening in New York City. I found out what was happening in Los Angeles by the the music the hip hop artists in Los Angeles were making. I found out what was happening in Atlanta by the music that the artists in Atlanta are making or down south. And then we could say, oh, and we're all going through these similar things. So it has a real uniting effect. You know what I'm saying? But the main thing is like. We get a voice now. This is why Chuck D famously said that hip-hop was the CNN for young black America. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, this our news. This is how we know what's happening and what's taking place. So to me, that's what hip-hop does. It really, um, and, and why I wanted to speak in the way that I did. You know, I named the song 212 Degrees because that's the boiling point of water. And I'm, I'm trying to let people know that we've reached a boiling point when you have all these murders, you know, seven people killed by police, you know, in a week's time. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so that's what I'm trying to do. So I'm expressing, you know, uh, uh, the, 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 the anger and rage of many young people that feel like I feel. At, at the end of that song, you sing, May God forgive me for these words that I had to write. May my spirit be preserved in the afterlife. Forgive me for my sins and let my good de- deeds matter twice. Yeah. That was 
Are you saying that you know there's something wrong in, in anger and violence, but, but that's where we are now, or am I missing the meaning there? Um, you know, basically that, you know, I'm, I'm reacting in a very – right, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm angry, and so I'm angry, I'm using language, um, and, I'm, and I'm talking about, you know, and, and really to me, still in the spirit, especially those young people that resisted, uh, you know, I mean, these are young people that were mourning their friends, uh, Michael Brown, who they saw, not only did they see him shot, you know, shot at, according to CNN, you know, the cop shot six times and, they re- and then paused and they shot five more times. They saw him basically laid out in the street for over four hours. Nobody came to do any first aid. They didn't even call an ambulance. He was put in the back of an SUV. And so, you know, here they are having a, a vigil that night and police come in a very military style then tanks come, then tear gas comes, and these young people are, are, are fighting up against that. You know what I'm saying? So to me, I'm expressing the anger that I would feel if I was in that situation. Of course, yeah, it's raw. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, uh, it's, it's visceral. You know what I'm saying? And so definitely, you know what I'm saying? And I'm saying I'm making some strong statements, you know what I'm saying, about resistance and about, to me, our community's right to defend ourselves. And so that's kind of why, you know what I'm saying, I ended it like that. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, and that's really like, me understanding I'm, I'm very emotional and angry when I write it. So I'm basically saying if I said anything that was wrong or incorrect or out of term, then I was asking for forgiveness. You know what I'm saying? Because I wrote I that. It. I'm, I'm yeah. mad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I'm mad. I'm mad that this happened. I'm mad that, you know, my community has to go through this again. You know what I'm saying? And so that was kind of why I ended it like that, just to say, like, you know what? If I said anything incorrect, or, 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 or wrong, or, you know, yeah. that somebody might take the wrong way, I ask for forgiveness, you know? But well, you, you have every right to be mad. I, I, the report recently came out that showed that a young black, unarmed black man is killed every 28 hours by a, a policeman or a vigilante. Um, you mentioned, since you mentioned Michael Brown, recently a young unarmed black man named uh, Izell Ford was shot by police in Los Angeles. Uh, but there was no Ferguson-scale community outrage here, despite a long racist history in the LAPD. Local pundits say that the politically strategic but violence-free response to the killing in L.A. was due to years of LAPD work building bridges of respect in South L.A. D- do you see that at all? Do you agree with that? Can that be done? Well, you know, a lot of that work came because... In 1992, it was a rebellion. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it came because, you know, people resisted. People uh, uh, fought back. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And Rodney King was savagely beaten on videotape. And, um, and you know, those officers were found not guilty. So I think that, you know, and I, that was, you know, it's funny. I was on a, uh, when I did a song, I have a song called Do We Need to Start a Ride? And I did a conversation and it was an officer on there, and he was talking about the um, gains that they've made community-wise in L.A. with the police. And I was like, yeah, but that came because you saw what happened. You know what I'm saying? If any place yeah. knows what happened, if you just consistently deny justice to a community, opportunity to community, and, and, you, and you run roughshod over community, because remember, uh, there was also the Rampart scandal um, yeah, that showed sure. all of this you know, uh, uh, unlawful behavior that the LAPD was doing, they're really operating like a big gang. And so that's what I think. I mean, you know, they learned and they, they've grown, but at the same time, you know, they have postponed the release of the autopsy for Ezel Ford. Well, why are you doing that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so if um, the autopsy they did, comes they did out... Release, they did release the names of the of the officers uh, today, but you're right uh, about the autopsy, right. and we'll see what and excuses. How, and and, and um, how, how long ago was that? You know what I'm saying? That it was yeah. shot, that he just finally released the name. And so if the, if the autopsy shows that he was shot in the back and he's unarmed, now you have some real explaining to do. Sure. Um, and, 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 and L.A. simmering just like, you know, uh, Ferguson and just like other places, you know, New York City, because of what happened to Eric Garner. Right. You're going to um, uh, you have a, a, um, a song called Crooked Cops, and I want to play a little bit uh, of it here because it makes a personal point, and then I want to give you an experience I've had recently. This is Crooked Cops from the Ascension. So I turned around and started to step to him. He said, put your hands up. Then broke out the handcuffs. I looked at him like, man, what he pointed with his strap up. Like, put your hands up, put your hands up, put your hands up. 
never got shook up by thoughts of Illuminati. I guess the level of fear depends on who you got be. Sims are Republican, I don't care who's the ruling body. I say push them all up a cliff. Now that that's a, a very strong statement and uh, about uh, police forces and and one which you you made just earlier. Um, I'm going to give you an experience I had um, recently. I'm a cyclist. I'm a member of a cycling club that's about half black and half white. Folks in it come from every part of the city and every economic situation. We've got everybody from unemployed to very big-time entertainment lawyers in it. A couple of weeks ago, we were riding through one of L.A.'s richest neighborhoods, and I looked ahead and I saw that a black police SUV was pulled over the curb with its lights flashing, and a, one of my club members, a young working-class uh, black man, was standing there facing a policeman. And I feared the worst, so I pulled up next to him to intervene if, if necessary. And as soon as I pulled up, I found that the two of them were smiling. The cop was saying to my, to my friend, um, I don't really want to give you a ticket, but I don't want to scrape you up off the street if you get hit by a car because you ran a stop sign. And my friend said, yeah, I know, I ran the stop sign, and I, I, I understand, and I promise not to do it again. The cop let him off with a warning, and then they, actually all three of us, had a nice conversation about a charity bike ride and how much fun they were, and then we all said goodbye, and then we saw them a little later, and we all waved at each other. Now, I don't know how typical or untypical that is, but the important question I have is how can we work to make every encounter between a cop and a citizen like that? Well, I think it's a couple of things that, that we do. And just to, you know, clarify the song, it's called Crooked Cop. So if you're not I'm sorry. a crooked cop, you know, you shouldn't be offended. Um, and I, so I think a couple of things that we can do. I think, one, you know, one of the things that people are calling for is uh, body cameras and microphones on officers. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if you're an officer that's a good officer and you're not doing anything wrong, then you should welcome, you know what I'm saying, having a body camera and a mic, especially, you know, it protects you if somebody would try to, you know, put some false charge against you or accuse you of doing something that you, you're not doing. I think, secondly, um, we need to have community control over the police. You know what I'm saying? Here in Pittsburgh, we have a civilian police review board, but it doesn't have any teeth. It's really like a ceremonial thing. It doesn't have the right to subpoena officers. It doesn't have a right to call officers. I think if you have a police force that was um, – that was controlled by the community and accountable to the community, you would have officers, once again, act in a different way. Thirdly, I think, you know, when, when one of the things that happens, you know, especially in communities of colors, is, you know, the police come to us and they say, man, you know, you all, you know, they always talk about, quote, unquote, stop snitching. And they always say, man, you know, like, people in your community, why don't you turn in the bad guys? Well, it's the same, you know, we are, we, we, we're asking the same thing about the police because the police have what's called the blue wall of silence. The police are really the greatest group of individuals when it comes to not snitching on one another. So those good cops, those cops that are, are, are doing the right thing, they need to then turn in those cops that are doing negative things, those police officers that they see brutalizing people, that they see breaking the laws or doing the wrong things. Why don't you turn those police officers in? You know what I'm saying? That way, you know, you won't be, uh, uh, we won't paint you all uh, with the same brush. So I think those three things, if we begin to do, would help ease the relationship and help make the police-community relationship much, much better. I, th- I think those are all very excellent ideas, uh, and I know they've been implemented in some places, and I am looking forward to seeing uh, the uh, the body cameras on uh, police. Uh, I, I, one, I heard of... ones that you can't go, turn off, though, because they've been incidences right. where police have turned them off prior yeah. to somebody being shot. And so we need ones that you can't turn off. You can't turn off the mic. You can't turn off the camera. Yeah, and, and there was an incident uh, recently of a policeman who did turn off uh, the, at least the audio recording on one. I heard a, right. uh, an interview uh, recently uh, here in Los Angeles um, with a policeman, uh, police officer, uh, captain, I believe, who said that uh, one of the requests they get from the black community in South L.A. is that there are actually more police, that they suppress crime, that they... they Give as much, pay as much attention to crime in South L.A. as they do in West L.A. And he said that, that kind of puts us in an odd position because to do that, we have to put more police in, in the community, and then people think that we're invading their community. And, of course, because we are there and there's more of us, we do stop and talk to more people. So we're kind of in a, 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 um, a damned-if-you-do, damned-if-you-don't 
situation. Well, do, do, you agree, I, do you agree with that? Well, this is the thing. It's not that, like, of course, as a community, I mean, we want, we want it to be safe. You know what I'm saying? If somebody breaks in my house right now, I'm going to call the police. It's, not, it's the how the police treat us when we're in our community. You see what I'm saying? So it's like if you're in my community to protect and serve, then we should have a relationship. It shouldn't be – you shouldn't be growling at me or, 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 or cursing at me or treating me in a certain way. When they had stop and frisk in New York, a young gentleman recorded his interaction with the police. He had been stopped three times earlier that day. The last time he was stopped and frisk, he recorded this interaction. These police were cursing at him. They called him a mutt. You know what I'm saying? They called him a, a dog, an animal. You had police being videotaped in Ferguson, Missouri, calling the people animals. Come on, you animals. You had a police on videotape pointing his gun at somebody and saying, I'll effing shoot you. You had, I just posted an article where the police in Ferguson, Missouri, when, when Michael Brown's mother put roses down where her son was killed, not only did they run him over, but they had their dog urinate on the memorial. See, now you're not protecting, now you're not protecting and serving me. Now Look at how you treat me. But would you do that in Beverly Hills? Would you do that in some of these nice communities? Of course you wouldn't. You wouldn't, you wouldn't treat the people like that. You know what I'm saying? And so to me it's a psychological thing where when the police officer see me as a young black man, automatically you assume I'm a criminal. You assume I'm doing something wrong. You assume, you know, I have some type of gun or I'm, I'm already automatically a threat. But when you see a young white child, you don't see that child as a threat. So all we're asking is that same treatment. You know what I'm saying? When you yeah. go up into those white communities, you're not looking at them as threats. You're not looking at them as people. You're actually there to protect them and their community and those coming in from the outside that might invade it. But when you come into our communities, you know what I'm saying? Now, yeah. I'm okay. a person who lives in this community. I'm, I'm a criminal. I'm a threat. You know what I'm saying? And I'm treated as such. In, um, in the song we're, we're, we're starting here, in Pillars, uh, you, actually, you also criticize uh, some negative elements of the black community and elements, frankly, that can, that can be found in any community. You're even more pointed in your song, Forever, but I can't play that on the air. So I want to listen to a little bit of Pillars. Yeah, right. Uh, and uh, let's talk about it. This pillar. Pull my mask away and evacuate with the moolah. I'm deeper than planned. Donnie Hathaway on a tuba. Flash grenades from a trooper to fascinate your medulla. Master traits of a ruler. Five pillars so my rhymes. Real of mind fillers. Fake gangsters are just time killers. I'm iller. I got a virus in my sinus that makes me spit up the lives of Make you give up some lying fraud. And make up the wise of God. And lift up the righteous laws. We on top because we represent the highest cause. Freedom, justice, equality is my. Now, that song, the people in that song that you call out are glorified by some other rappers. Um, and Minister Farrakhan once called rappers world leaders and called for a cultural shift in, shift in rap music. Has that sure. happened? Is it happening? Is there a cultural shift going on? I think it is happening right now. I think that you see, especially in light of what just happened, I mean, you just had a group of artists, you know, Rick Ross and the game, uh, uh, P. Diddy put out a song about Michael Brown called Don't Shoot, you know what I'm saying? But even previous to that, you begin to have, you know, right right there in Los Angeles, you have Kendrick Lamar, who put an album out, man, that, that had a lot of intelligence, that had a lot of consciousness in it. Um, you know, there's artists like J. Cole, who also made a song about Mike Brown, has been coming out with music that, that that's on a deeper uh, level of thinking. So to me, I do see a shift. I do see people wanting more content. And, you know, these artists that are just kind of saying the same thing and doing the same thing, people aren't really, you know, they might have one hit, you know what I'm saying? But, you yeah. know, there was an artist named Trinidad James. He had a hit song, but then he got dropped because at the end of the day, people want content, people want more. So I'm really excited about where I see hip-hop going. I think this is why I've been able to have success because people want more. People, when this happened and these incidents happened, people began to challenge the hip-hop community, not just to speak on it, but to raise their standard of music, to raise their consciousness. And so pretty soon, man, people are not going to be checking for all that negativity, man, because we see what it can lead to. And, and, and people are going to demand artists do more, and I'm happy for it, you know what I'm saying? And I'm so thankfully one of the artists that are trying to do more. Well, yeah, you do it well. Unfortunately, we are out of time, and I'd w really like to have you back on the show maybe next month and we I, can I continue this conversation. I want to thank it. you for – okay, let's do it. I thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. I've learned a lot. I've heard some great music. Um, and uh, I want to let everybody know they can get your album, Ascension, on Bandcamp, on iTunes, on Amazon. Yeah. You 
that all my audience, I really recommend they go to JazuriX.com for everything you want to know about them. And also check out the website OneHood.org. That's the number one and then hood.org, that'll give you information on his organization on, and on the media academy he uh, operates. And finally, if you're in Pittsburgh, you can see Jazuri X on September 1 at the Community Awareness Day, on September 5th at a discussion of race, religion, and hip-hop, uh, one-on-one conversation there with Brother Ali. And also you can go to the three-day Growing Up Lockdown Conference on the 26th at the New School. So there's a lot of opportunity to, to Yeah, that's Jizuri. in New York City. That's in New York City, right, the new school in New York yeah, City. And, so. and I might be in L.A. in October, early October, so if I am, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. Well, we will have you on the show in early October because we got a lot more <laughs> things to talk about. Jazeera X, i got to run. Cool. Thank you so much for being with us. This has been a delight. We have to Thank take you. a break now. When we return, when we return, we have Lose Control with us. Don't go away. You're listening to Music Friday. Cameo Entertainment Group and Cyber Station USA are now part of Stitcher, a free radio app for your smartphone. With Stitcher, you can listen to live programming as well as archived radio programming right on your phone. To obtain Stitcher, just go to the App Store for your particular phone. Go to search, then type in Stitcher. That's Stitcher. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. Then download. It's that simple. Stitcher, a free radio app for your smartphone. Convenient access to live and archived Cyber Station USA programming on your mobile phone. That's Stitcher. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. Cyber Station USA. Always on the go. Our troops aren't the only ones fighting right now. Thousands of military families are in crisis. They're fighting financial battles, how to pay the bills, even how to keep their homes and feed their children. You can help by supporting Operation Homefront, a national nonprofit that provides emergency assistance for military families and for wounded warriors when they come home. To learn more about how you can help, go to operationhomefront.net. And we are back at Music Friday Live. I'm Patrick O'Heffernan, and we would love to hear from you. But we, um, and first of all, let me apologize to all the people who sent email in to uh, Jazuri X. I'm sorry we didn't get to it. Uh, <laughs> we probably could have talked for two hours. I will forward your email on to Jazuri X. Of course, we'll take your name off so, we, so you don't get put in any mailing list you don't know about. But if he uh, responds, we'll send that to you. Uh, so my apologies there that we didn't get to your emails. Uh, but you can. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't email. You can email us at musicfridaylive at gmail.com. Now, a quick word from our wonderful sponsor, Solar City. Solar is a huge win-win for homeowners, but a lot of people are reluctant to take the plunge into solar because of the upfront costs. With Solar City, you can go solar for zero upfront costs on approved credit. That's right. Solar City will come out. They'll install a solar system on your home for free. You only pay for the power you use, just like you do from the utility company. But, of course, you use a lot less of it because the sun's making some of it for you. Almost half when I had solar on my, put on my house. Solar City pays for the system. It insures the system. It maintains the system. All you have to do is enjoy the savings. So if you've been ready for solar, but solar has not been ready for you, it is now at Solar City, America's number one clean energy provider. How do you find out? I'll give you a phone number. You knew I was going to give you a phone number, so you have that pen and pencil ready and that pen and paper. The phone number is 909-618-6937. That's 909-618-6937. When you call, tell the person who answers, who will probably be Tina because she's my representative there, Tell her that you heard about it from Patrick on Music Friday Live, and you'll get a discount on your order. So the number again, 909-618-6937. Well, the band Lose Control just wrapped up a 40-day tour, which they delightfully chronicled on their website in daily tour notes. Following the band on tour has been almost as much fun as listening to them on their downloads, and they are a lot of fun to listen to. They play heavy metal music, but they play it with a few twists, including dual guitar leads. Everybody in the band is very, very talented, and nobody in the band is egotistical, which means they play together like clockwork, and the result is a sound of beauty. 
Jeff Neeson co-founded the band Down the Road from Me in Hermosa Beach with A.J. Bartholomew. That was back in 2011. And they have been playing music together since middle school. They formed their own separate bands after high school, then reunited after really honing their heavy metal skills. They teamed up with drummer-producer Mike Sutherland and began working on their first album, the self-titled Lose Control EP, which was released a couple of years ago. Then they kept touring and writing and recording, and they just released a new album, Let It Be Known. That was this April. And when you listen to Let It Be Known, you will understand just how good heavy metal can be because these people do it better than a lot anybody else. Well, we can't be on the tour with them, but we have the second best thing. We have Jeff on the line with us. Jeff, welcome to Music Friday Live. Hey, thank you, Patrick. I so appreciate it. Thanks for having me on here. And I understand you're calling from Boston. I am. I'm in the Boston Commons right now, sitting under a shady tree. Ooh, <laughs> it took I, me a while to find well. a quiet spot. I used to live so about I apologize blocks. if you hear the, uh, a bus or a, uh, a horn honk or anything, but... Uh, pretty quiet <laughs> or any that or any of the ducks in the in the pond quack right well, <laughs> yeah it was a little crowded by the pond so i actually had to walk away from that found a little tree so got my little solace well, over here well jeff my, my first question is um why heavy metal from hermosa instead of beach music i mean didn't you grow up going to places like the lighthouse and the barnacle and where all they played was beach music well definitely actually i still play acoustic music at at barnacles i played uh, every Tuesday there for about five years, so I still play a lot of acoustic gigs around town, um, and I was raised actually on like singer-songwriters from the 70s, like James Taylor and Jim Croce and things like that, but uh, I guess the metal music for me, it started in high school, I got really into this band from Hermosa Beach called Pennywise, um, from there, it just kind of, I, I fell in love with 90s punk music, and from there, I just, as a guitar player, I learned everything I could possibly learn on, as far as punk goes, it's, you know, it's after a while, it gets fairly standard, and I just got really hungry to learn guitar solos and different players. So um, I ran into, finally found Randy Rhodes and learned everything I could possibly learn by Randy Rhodes, and then went back in time from there, learned um, Tony Iommi and guitar players like that, and I just developed this metal obsession in high school. Well, and, uh, you, well we're, we're certainly glad you did. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I want to play a, an example of the virtuosity that you've developed over the years. This is King of It All. sophistication of that uh the the intro the way you weave the the bass and the two guitars together it, it's in a totally different universe than most of the metal that i hear did that take a lot of work to orchestrate it, it, it's so smooth you know honestly it didn't i think that song was marked the change in our band um the first ep we put out in 2012 it was a little bit more structured like a metal song would be you know verse chorus verse chorus it was this song kind of took on a life of its own, right? As soon as AJ came in the studio with that intro riff on the guitar, it, I honestly, I think we wrote it within an hour or two. It was done. It just, it really took life of its own, and we, we took it where exactly the song needed to go. And a lot of our new music now is like, that marks the change in our sound is that song. And so a lot of the songs we've written after that really have that signature, loose control sound that just, it, I don't even know how to explain it. It was, it was almost like magic the way that song was written. I already had a melody in mind as soon as he started playing it. The lyrics just flowed naturally, and it, it, was, it was just done. And then uh, Mitch, our bass player, came in, and just the bass line just came out of nowhere. It just, boom, done, drummer, Pat, 
hammered it out too. It's, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> well, well, maybe that's why I uh, I picked it because I sensed that that was kind of a, a key song. Now, yeah. just really really quick, who is it you're singing about? Who's the person you are always better than you are, Mr. King of it all? It's, it's actually about me. I, I came <laughs> back from a uh, yeah, but I in in a negative way actually because I came back from this vacation with with family. It was a wedding down in Mexico. I kind of uh, had a little too much fun in Mexico, was, was partying a little too much, and came home just not feeling great about myself. Like, at the time, still in kind of a struggling rock band, and, and I think I had a misconception as to where I was, and I, I thought it was, you know, you think you're better than you are, and I, I, it was kind of me humbling myself via a song about myself. But um, when we play it live, I always say this song goes out to all the arrogant people in your life. I <laughs> <So. laughs> there are always many. Now, now why yeah. a 40-day tour? I mean, I know you guys have to promote an album, but 40 days in a van with four guys? I'm surprised any of you survived. Yeah, well, we were, it actually ended up only being three of us. Um, we were on tour with this band called Chrysalis. They're out of Barstow. Um, it's near Las Vegas. And um, our bass player was unable to make it on the tour. Um, but luckily, we were able to use Chrysalis' bass player and they, oddly enough, needed a guitar player because their guitar player couldn't make a last minute. So um, AJ and our band played guitar for them, and we used their bass player. So we were down a man, so it was only three of us in the van, but it's still 40 days in a van. You know, even if you're by yourself, it's, it's treacherous. And it, it, was, uh, it was not the most glamorous of tours. <laughs> it was uh, not, not uncommon to find us. We'd be sleeping in a, a Walmart parking lot or a Denny's or buy a park somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I read all those those, those notes, and uh, I, yeah. I want to play one of the songs that you played on the tour, and 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 this is a this is a song that really you set up so well, and then you go into high gear. This is "Way to the Sea." That, that way, way to the Sea, that is another piece of metal music that uh, has a twist. Very, very, very sophisticated much so. arrangements, superb guitar walls. And one thing I like about that is the drumming in that is so good, you don't notice it. And that's, that's the, the, for me, that's the superb compliment of a drummer who can be, be the backbone and yet you don't realize it. Now, how, how did that song evolve? Um, that song actually started with our bass player, Mitch. He, he just wrote the bass line for the intro. And I, I just thought it was great. I, I love the way there's, it goes to the B major in there. It's, that yeah. I don't know. It just kind of blew me away as soon as I heard it. I was like, this is great. I can totally take this and run with it. I, I love it. I'll, I'll be able to get something with it. He's like, okay, just whatever you do, make sure it's very piratey. <laughs> I, want it, I want it like Davy Jones lyrics or something like that. So for the longest time when we played it live, we just called it the pirate song. And uh, it basically chronicles this guy who, who dies, and he's in purgatory at the bottom of the ocean in Davy Jones' locker. And uh, by the end of the song, he, he wakes up, like, on the, the face-to-face with the Undertaker. He comes back to life all of a sudden, and he gets, like, this newfound chance at life. And it's, it's following this guy's struggle from the, from the weight of the sea, basically. <laughs> oh, but um, as, in terms of song involvement, it's, again, this is, like, I think we wrote this a little bit after King of It All. It kind of has that same setup where it's, uh, we learned to write much more patiently as we got better at writing together. And it has a very, it, I mean, the lyrics don't even come in for a, a minute and a half or so. So it's just got a good patient setup, and I like the, we got to do the double lead guitar work on it. It's just, that one fell together pretty quickly, too, which is, which is great. Well, it's, it, uh, it sounds like you worked on it for a while, but, like, but if it fell together, that's even better. That, that's the mark of a very skilled group. Uh, we're talking with uh, Jeff Neeson of Lose Control. You can talk with him, and we have some emails here for you, Jeff, actually. But you can talk with okay. Jeff at... 347-215-7511, or you can email him at 
musicfridaylive at gmail.com. And let, let's get to some of the emails here. Sally May in Los Angeles wants to know, what do you mean dual guitar lead? How does that work? Okay, it's basically AJ and I both play lead guitar. So whenever you hear a guitar solo, um, a lot of the times it's, it's both of us that are actually playing and we're just harmonizing with each other. So it's, there's several songs we have on our album. There's another one called Dive, where the entire guitar solo is actually both of us soloing literally at the same time, um, just in harmony with each other. So that's, we try to mix that in as much as possible, and that's, that's what we mean by dual lead guitar. We have an email here from Salamander in uh, Des Moines. And Salamander says, I really appreciate your setup. So much, music, so much metal music starts out with a big clash of guitars and the pounding of drums, and you kind of lead us into it. Was that your idea, or did you just sort of develop that along the way, and how do your fans like it? Um, you know, it really just developed between... Um, AJ was in a band before this called Allura, and they were kind of heavier hardcore music. And I was in a band before this that was more of like acoustic rock. And I, I guess the best way to put it is we just kind of met in the middle, um, songwriting-wise. So now where we're at, I, I don't know. I guess it just happens really naturally. We we write, like I said before, very patiently and kind of only give the song what it needs and not too much. Because I, I know exactly what the question, because there's a lot of those metal songs that start out just heavy right away, that balls to the wall like from start to finish. But, uh, you know, we really... We try to let the song breathe is the way I like to put it, like have it climb and fall as much as possible so it really takes on a life of its own. Well, and it's a great life, too. Well, I mentioned you were in Boston, and sure enough, we've got some emails in Boston. Regency in Boston okay. says, I'm here. Where are you? Are you playing tonight? <laughs> I'm in the Boston Commons right now. I'm not playing tonight. I'm actually out here on my way to a buddy's wedding. I would love to be playing. This is actually my first time in the city, so I'd I've already fallen in love with it. I can't wait to be back. <laughs> <laughs> so don't everybody rush over to the Boston Commons, all right? <laughs> he doesn't have a guitar with I'm him. right by the entrance if you want. I, I need a tour guide anyways if someone wants to show me what to do after this because <laughs> I'm just wandering aimlessly. Uh, well, if there are any really beautiful girls there, um, which there are many in Boston, he's, he could use a <laughs> tour guide, okay? <laughs> okay. Speaking of touring... <laughs> Speaking of touring, your tour notes were hilarious. And like I said earlier, I think you have the makings of two books here. One of them is The Best and Worst Clubs in America, and the second one is The Best Hamburger Joints in America, or maybe it's a Food Network show, uh, On the Road to Lose Control. Uh, tell yeah, me. you could also call it Denny's Across America, too. We ate at about 15 <laughs> Denny's, so I, don't, I know all about their 2, 4, 6, 8 value menu. I don't know the six and the eight so much, but the two and the four, we were all over. <laughs> and you probably know Subway pretty well, too, then, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> what was the best and what were the worst experiences? Was it the Reckless Fest and getting towed, or was it signing a symbol in a certain bathroom in a bar in Texas? Or do you have different ones? <laughs> um, you know, I think one of the best experiences, it was over a couple of days. It was in, in Florida. It was kind of when we finally hit our stride. We were playing really solid. Um, you know, everyone was just comfortable at that point being on the road. And uh, we had a day off in Florida, and AJ, our guitar player, said, you know, I have this family friend with this place in Florida. We can spend the day off there. And we ended up getting there. It's this huge mansion on a peninsula. It's completely surrounded by the Gulf. It was in, uh, in Milton, Florida. It had its own private beach. It had a dock. It was like way too many amenities for one rock band. But uh, <laughs> So we had a blast there, and then the next night we play in Panama City, to a crowd of, um, like, younger crowd, I would say late teens. And there was a bunch of people there. It was almost packed, and everyone knew the words of the songs. They'd already be, it, it was just amazing. It was, it was cool to be on the opposite side of the country for the first time as this band and have people singing along to your music. It was, it was an ultimate high point. And then, I guess, uh, conversely, a low point. Well, um, we were on, uh, I guess it would be in Denver. It was kind of on the way home, like, pretty much flat broke at that point. <laughs> I don't know if you read this in the blog. It's actually pretty embarrassing. But uh, sometimes when you're on the road, you, if you have to, if you have to pee, you got <laughs> you have to pee in a jug. And uh, I accidentally put that jug a little bit too close to my my clean water jug. And like right in the middle Ooh. of the night, while we we're sleeping by this park, I took a big swig Ooh. of uh, my own urine. So <laughs> I forgot about that. And so yeah. that, that was that was not only a low point of the tour; it was a low point of probably my whole entire life. But. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely so, I guess Denver. That would, that would be the lowest. That would be the lowest point. Um, getting towed was actually probably a little bit above that. Um, 
I, I, I forgot about that. So, Maybe I was repressing it. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I know. I forgot too, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm never going to uh, speak of that again. So. <laughs> Rodney, in, Rodney in Oakland has emailed a question, and he wants to know, what guitars do the two of you play, and how do you mix it? And I guess what he means is, how do you mix two lead guitars? Um, we both actually play Les Pauls. Um, in That's terms handy. of mixing, but I, I wonder if he means... One way, I don't know. The good thing is we're both... If he's talking about who plays solos and who plays rhythm, I don't know... I'm thinking that's probably the question, but um, we're actually both pretty unselfish with that. We both like playing. We just we both just like playing. So whoever comes up with the solo idea usually just takes it. If someone's like, oh, I got. I, let me take this guitar solo here. Like whoever's the most fired up on playing that solo usually takes it. And if it's, you know, some a lot of times we try to do both of us playing together first. We do that dual lead like I was talking about. But um, sometimes that can be overkill and it just doesn't really fit the part. So it's just it calls for a certain type of solo. I tend to have a, a little bluesier style. Um, so I, I'm actually a big Stevie Ray Vaughan fan, actually. Uh-huh. Um, so sometimes it calls for something like that, whereas AJ's a little bit, he's got the shred metal down. I mean, he plays, in terms of, like, fast picking, he's, he's got me a beat there. So if it's if it's a metal part that needs, like, that really fast shred metal picking, it's usually AJ all day. And then if it's more of a more of a feel part, I usually take those if we can't well, play she- together. Well, well let, let's hear a little bit of, of how that mixture works. And I've kept people in suspense long enough, so here is the title song for the album, Let It Be Known. That's a, another great piece of uh, metal with a perfect setup and really luminous guitar work. But the lyrics are, are a, a bit of a, a downer, which, of course, nothing new for metal, but they make me kind of think a little bit. Cities are exploding and nobody's knowing where we are going. Something is evil beyond our retrieval, the broken people. That, that's great. You know, it's writing. pretty funny. It, it kind of gives but me the chills that you're asking this because it's actually, I wrote it the day of the Boston bombing. That's entirely oh. what it's about. And I just happen so to be that, in Boston right now when you ask is, that. Is so that the world really you're going to grow up in? Is that what you're worried about? That's your future? No, I think the idea was I just, for some reason I was, I just happened to be at the gym right as the news was breaking and I was running on this treadmill and the image I have whenever I hear that song is like all these TVs in a gym while I'm on a treadmill and everything is showing the bombing and it's like who's to blame, who's to blame, while pointing fingers at this person, that person. And my whole thought was like, can we just take a minute and realize that something's wrong here before we just start pointing blame at people and the, the idea of le- it's just letting it be known that something is wrong right now. And let's just let's just stay with that before we start pointing fingers at, at everyone. So okay. it's it's kind of more uh, meant to bring people together than it is to bring people down necessarily. So okay. I think it's just recognizing a problem. Okay. So the idea I wrote that song in probably 25 minutes on a piano. Uh, it was like it was that song uh, that was just dying to get out all day. I finally got into my studio and just just hammered it out, and it was just it was done. Uh, it was, yeah. Uh, which brings up a question, is, is how do you write heavy metal music on a piano? Uh, I do it a, a lot, actually. I, I find it's easier to make things heavier than it is to make things less heavy, if that makes sense. So it's always, uh, well, for me, anybody it's easier who's to start trying to diet knows that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's easier for me to write on an acoustic guitar or a piano first. And then from there, you can add your heavy moments. And, and rather than starting everything on heavy electric guitar, it's hard to be like, okay, this part needs to be acoustic. Whereas it's a lot easier to say this part needs to be heavy than it is this okay. part needs to be mellow. Uh, we've got, For me, uh, anyway. we've got one more email, and then I want to play a, a little bit of one more song. And the email okay. here is I'm sure a lot of people are are thinking about this, and this is from Summer in New Orleans. And Summer wants to know: Did you come home richer or poorer than when you left? Poorer. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I didn't leave rich. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, on that note, we're going to play a little bit of Overboard, which may be what that tour was. Here we go. Now, that's more, more tra- traditional metal, and, and I love the lines in there. You're free to go once you paid the toll. Name your price for your rock and roll and your soul. Is that a comment yeah. on the music industry? <laughs> uh, it's a comment on the music industry. It was more, um, we've done with some of these gigs in Hollywood where it's, it's pay to play. You know, yeah. there's, there's a lot of venues where, hey, here, we'll give you 50 tickets, we'll give you a great slot, but you need to give us $600. And so, like, that's the toll you pretty much have to have to pay until you can play but it also is kind of a spoof on the industry the music industry and everything so that's the idea is it's one for the money and two for the show meaning that money ends up coming first which i guess is true in any industry but it, it was kind of it's a playful approach at being fed up with having to deal with it so we've we've all done those hollywood gigs for you know eight or ten years or so now so i don't blame it's a little you. annoying well, uh, Jeff, we are out of time, and I, and I want to thank you so much for being with us today. The new album is Let It Be Known, and it is a killer. If you like metal, you have to have this album. Now, Jeff, where should people go to get a copy? Um, you can go to losecontrolrocks.com. That's for everything Lose Control. we got a link to iTunes to buy the album. you got our bio. You have all my red notes from the summer. Basically, everything okay. you need to know about Loose Control is at losecontrolrock.com. And I have, to, I have to say, it's one of the best organized websites of a band out there. It's really easy to find stuff. So, uh, And if you want to Thank see you. these guys live, and you should see these guys live, uh, they have a full lineup of gigs on their website. You know, they, they didn't learn their lesson on their tour. They're going to go do it again. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they're going to be in Sacramento. They're going to be in Universal City. They're going to be in Dunsmuir. They're going to be in Ventura. They're going to be in Scottsdale, Arizona, Seattle, and many more places. Um, they're going to get back in the van, and hopefully this time they're not going to come back poorer than when they left. If they did, uh, I don't, you know, you, can't, you can only do that uh, so many times, Jeff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. By, yeah. <laughs> right. by definition, yeah. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> buy, buy the music. Check out the gigs at losecontrolrock.com. And thank you so much for being with us, uh, Jeff. Thank you very much for having me and talking about our music. I so appreciate it. Oh, you're a lot of fun, and so is your music. You've been listening to (laughs) Music Friday Live with Patrick O'Heffernan from CyberStationUSA.com and the BlogTalkRadioNetwork.com and our radio affiliates. Like our Facebook page. Follow our Twitter feeds. We'll give you real-time updates on our guests. Our producer is uh, Lars Christensen. Our program director is Jason Bartlebin. Our intern is Angeline Serrano. You can download this and other Music Friday programs at cyberstationusa.com or at blogtalkradio.com. And actually, blogtalkradio.com is the fastest way to get uh, our podcast. They go up about uh, two minutes after we leave the air. Be here next Friday. Next Friday, we are going to have We Are the West on. We Are the West is a wonderful uh, rock band, but they also do some very interesting secret concerts. We're also going to have a special guest, a woman who you know, whose name you know, but she has a new project and you probably don't know. We'll tell you about it next week because this is going to be a lot of fun. Check out our Twitter stream next, uh, next week. Check it out all the time and you'll find out what's coming up. Check out our Facebook page. We'll update you on the guests. Good night, everyone. Have a great musical weekend, and we're going to go out with some more of that wonderful metal with a twist from uh, Lose Control, some more of the cover album. Mm-hmm.